Hello, friends, foes, enemies, men, women, children, and undecided brand new genders. You're not watching the Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Ellen, Jimmy Oprah, or the James Corden show. You're watching The Right Show. Today's episode is going to be awesome. We have a mayor getting spanked in Burbank. We have Bobert getting a little handsy in the theater. Justin Trudeau bends to the gay mob. And of course, Larry Elder appears on our very own show. This is Valuetainment Presents The Right Show. Let's go! Little roll call, we have 427,000 subscribers on YouTube. Could you please get that up a little bit? The boss is a little bit of a tyrant and uh, kinda wanna keep my job, thanks. We have 232,000 on Facebook and if you're listening on a podcast, guess what? Look in the description, there might be a link there. We have a lot of video, I want you to see it all. Folks, here at Valuetainment, we like to do a question of the day and the question of the day is, where do you live and who is your favorite black conservative? While you're thinking of that, my favorite black conservative came right here to the studios, Larry Elder. He ran for governor, now he's running for president, and he's such a good sport. As Joe Biden would say, he's one of the only clean-cut, articulate black men in the world. That's a storybook, man, not a joke. He was a great sport and let us film as his security, leading him into the Patrick Bet David podcast. It looked a little something like this. Ready for this? Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go this way. All right, we got... Uh, Presidential candidate Larry Elder, make sure everything's safe. Joe, you're on the radio? Cool. All right, guys, we got presidential candidate Larry Elder coming in the building. We're gonna have to pat you guys out. We have to flip the jacket with you. Here we go, we're good. All right, here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Dear Slim, I thought you might have. How cool is that? So, Larry was here for a couple hours with us, and we had such a good time with him. And he's a good sport, too. We need more political candidates who are willing to kind of joke around. He did that with us. Do you remember Joe Biden? And I want you to fill in the blanks. He said, if you don't vote for me, basically, you ain't. What was that word? If you said black, you got that correct. Well, Vinny Oshana from our very own Valuetainment Studio staff, made a sketch that's hilarious called You Ain't Black. And on the way out the door, he goes, hey, Larry, you want to appear in this? You're kind of the reason we made it. And Larry said, absolutely. It looked a little something like this. Try not to laugh. Whenever you're ready. Okay. My name is Jamal Williams. I am 25 years old. I am from Compton, California, and I used to be black. It was May 22nd, 2020. Charlemagne the God was interviewing Joe Biden. More questions. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Then you ain't black. So let me get this straight. You used to be a black man. Correct. And by simply voting for Donald Trump, you became white? Yes, I remember going to vote. I bubbled in my choice for Donald Trump. And all of a sudden, Joe Biden was right. I wasn't black anymore. Everything changed after that. What's up, my brother? Please elaborate. Well, for starters, I got a call from my bank letting me know that I got approved for a loan. What's so crazy about that? I never applied. What else? Well, the police treated me way different. Probably the best thing that's happened is my father. When I was three, he went to the store to get a carton of milk and he never came back, but he finally did. There were some downsides to not being black anymore. Such as? I lost a lot of athleticism, especially with dancing. I felt like I had two left feet and white girls stopped wanting me. And if you don't mind me asking, did? I don't want to talk about it's it. It's okay. In closing, Jamal, I'd like to know 
Who are you gonna be voting for in 2024? Let's go, Brandy. No, I'm set. No, excuse me, ma'am. 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 I love it. All that and more is coming to you as our team keeps making funny sketches and videos for your entertainment. So be sure to get your friends to like and subscribe. Speaking of having a good time, the comedy tour continues. Now, we're not just doing funny stuff here in the studio. We have tour dates all over the nation. I want you to tell your friends to come get a little stand-up comedy on their life. We have Ashburn, Virginia, which is just outside of Washington, D.C. We have Edmonton, Canada, Hobart, Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Joliet, Chattanooga, and Huntington Beach, California. All that and more is on KvonComedy.com. If you like it, get a ticket now, because those are going to be sold-out shows. Moving right along, the mayor of Burbank got a little spank from a drag queen at an event that was advertised for ages 15 and up. Now, there's no proof there's any children present, but they could have been. And this is what was going on while you weren't looking. Today, the mayor of Burbank is firing back at conservative critics after a video of him getting spanked by a drag queen went viral. That video was widely distributed on several outlets. Yesterday, Mayor Constantine Anthony addressed what happened and the fallout. I um, attended a uh, private adults-only event. Um, there was some shenanigans, some silly stuff happened. It was all fun and games. There was a secret video that was made and then subsequently shared to a very prominent um, hate group that has now seen fit to inundate the four members here, the city staff, and many members of our community with some of the most vile hate speech I have ever seen. The mayor did not name the group that shared that video. Oh boy, it's time to take a poll. Is it okay for public officials to get spanked by drag queens? If yes, type it in. If no, say hell no. Now, what was really funny about that is he seemed to be really interested in it and didn't mind it happened over and over. So hopefully, if you're not for that, you can spank the mayor of Burbank at the polls. Our next story was no different. We're showing, you know, that both Republicans and Democrats can behave badly. And this one comes to us from Lauren Boebert, Congresswoman from Colorado, decided to get a little frisky in the theater. I couldn't believe it myself. Uh, she was being fondled and then rubbing her boyfriend's junk during a play, basically getting some play while watching a play. Take a look at this. Bobert, Bobert, Bobert. Say it three times and she appears in security video from a weekend performance of Beetlejuice where the congresswoman was kicked out of the theater for being disruptive. The DCPA says she was vaping. Bobert's team denied that, said the haze was from fog machines in the show. That claim goes up in smoke when you see the video. The pregnant woman sitting behind Bobert told the Denver Post she asked her to stop vaping and Bobert refused. Her one-woman show continued, taking flash photos, raising her hands and dancing, often the only one clapping or standing up in the crowd. Bobert occasionally took a break from being disruptive to enjoy the company of her male companion. He briefly had a grasp on the situation before ushers returned and told Bobert she had to leave. The theater's instant report says Bobert pulled the don't you know who I am card on the way out, giving theater employees the single finger salute. All right, I could see her hand definitely went between the legs. I was wondering what play was that? Lay jizz? 
Let's not forget, uh, this might be the only way to get straight men to go to the theater. And had she finished her act, she would have been the second most famous Republican ever to be shot in the theater. All right, those are horrible jokes. Remember, if you go to a play, you don't want to get caught in one of those hidden cameras. She wasn't in front of kids. She wasn't in public. It was a darkened room. We're watching that on infrared. But just keep it kind of private and maybe use one of the old popcorn tricks to condense and contain what you're doing over there. Moving right along. Joe Biden is no longer with us. Uh, well, I mean, he's physically there, but is he really? Here we have him answering questions on stage and then asking the audience, uh, my, my people are telling me, who's, who's, I wonder if they'll let me do this. Why is the president saying, I wonder if I'm allowed to do this and are my people going to let me do this? Who is running the show? And uh, let's see. I'm just follow my orders here. Uh, Staff, if anybody hasn't spoken to I ain't calling on you. I'm calling on I said that five questions. I need it. <laughs> and there he gets mad at the people in the audience, even though he's the one lost. That's the interesting thing. He's the kindly old grandfather. Uh, I wonder if they're going to let me answer that. Hey, I'm not taking your question right now. Someone sit him down in a rocking chair and give him a Werther's original because he should not be doing the hardest job on earth. Uh, he even lied on that same trip about being present at 9-11. This is an old-time politician that doesn't realize we have records. He's not doing stump speeches in the 70s all around Pennsylvania. We know where he was after 9-11, and it wasn't where he claimed. I join you on this solemn day to renew our sacred vow. Never forget. Never forget. We never forget. Each of us, each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, the way from where you could stand. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day. Joe Biden is the first sitting president uh, who did not visit New York on the 9-11 memorial. Uh, and he decided to give a speech from Alaska instead. Now, what he said during that speech is what is leading to a lot of backlash. Let me give you his statement and then I'll explain. He said, ground zero in New York. I remember standing there the next day after the attack and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating, Biden claimed during the speech. However, many social media users, including the Republican National Committee, were quick to point out that Biden was actually in Washington, D.C. the day after 9-11. He was not in New York. In fact, he did not visit New York until about a week later. So these kinds of errors are pretty common. Uh, with Joe Biden, some are saying that this is the worst example yet. Uh, one of the other examples is he noted that his son Bo died um, while he was serving in the military. That was not the case. Uh, he also made some statement about uh, fighting alongside Mandela. I have that. Go ahead. Okay, so guys, this is a terrible, 
I don't know whether to call it a lie or a mistake, but Biden has an enormous history of uh, hyperbole and oftentimes outright fabrication. <laughs> the reason we showed that from the Young Turks is those are the far leftists who constantly said, Trump is the worst in the world, we have to be careful. And Joe Biden is a kindly old grandfather. But now they said, that was an exaggeration, uh, a hyperbole, maybe a fabrication. If it were Trump, they would jump on and say, liar, liar, liar. You are the most horrible liar in the entire world. You're gonna get us all killed. Little acting piece over there. With that said, Biden could not have been further from where he needed to be. Alaska during 9-11, telling Alaskans he was there at the gates of hell. I don't think he was at 9-11. This man is so beyond in the realm of reality, he was probably at 7-11. Speaking of 7-11, comedian Hassan Minhaj is getting all kinds of threats and, of course, criticism for fabricating stories, and we're going to put it on the screen, of racial discrimination in his stand-up comedy. Now, we all know stand-up comedy is where you just tell jokes and you exaggerate a little bit. But the kind of exaggeration that we do as stand-up comedians is you say, oh, I went on a really horrible date, and maybe it was three different dates, but you kind of just melt them together into one big horrible date. That's not what Hassan Minhaj did. What Hassan Minhaj decided to do was use his stand-up to portray himself as one of the biggest victims in the world. So uh, if you're in Hollywood and you're a Muslim guy from India, this is a very popular thing. You get to say, hey, uh, I, was, I was discriminated on. And that is currency for the radical left. This means the victim totem pole, brown Muslim from India, oh my gosh, and he was discriminated on? Give him a Comedy Central show. The Daily Show picked him to be on there and tell his story and his point of view. The only thing is, all his stories were totally made up. I'll give you uh, some of the worst examples. Because Hassan doesn't just tell a joke and it's funny. He looks at the camera with a tear in his eye and said, Do you know what it's like in 1999 to be in Davis, California and have an FBI agent pull me and my father out of our home, break the glass, and slam our head on the hood of a car until the cops came? That's not a joke. Where's the funny there? He then showed a picture of the cop on his stand-up show, and the police officer said, I wasn't even working as a police officer in 1999. I worked in Southern California, not in Davis, California, up north. And I was thinking about it. My dad is an Iranian immigrant living in Reno, Nevada. That's an hour and 45-minute drive to Davis. Uh, we were raised around the same time. Davis is a far-left part of the country. There's a college town. Most of the people there are Indian. So it's not going to be weird to see an Indian Muslim in Davis, California, even in 1999. That's when I knew a lot of these jokes, well, they don't make sense and they're not jokes. The next one, he said his girlfriend in high school or a girl he wanted to go with, to prom with was so racist that she, when he went to pick her up, said, I'm not going with you. It'll ruin the photos. He went as far as to invite that girl to one of his one-man shows and perform that joke in front of her. And she was reportedly in tears listening to Hassan telling a crowd that I made it, I'm on Comedy Central. I bet that girl, Rebecca Jenkins, wishes she was with me now. This is a big scandal. So for those of you who are saying, well, all comedians lie on stage. There's exaggerating a joke to get a big laugh. 
And then there's trying to create race hoaxes. His worst one was he said that anthrax was mailed, the anthrax drug powder, to his house. And he opened it up and the, it poured on his newborn baby daughter's head. And so he had to rush her to the emergency room because racist people in America didn't want him on Comedy Central. It turns out that never happened. And he said, yeah, but I'm just living my emotional truth. Oh my goodness. Emotional truth. So be sure to, next time you lie to someone, tell them that was my emotional truth at the time. And now we see uh, Hassan on the Hassan screen Minhaj here. Hassan is defending his stand-up after a New Yorker profile found some of the details in his onstage anecdotes may have been made up. New Yorker found didn't necessarily play out as he presented them, include jokes involving one of his children and their possible exposure to anthrax, and an alleged interaction with police and an FBI informant at his family's mosque when he was a teen. Minaj reiterated his previous statements, telling the magazine the emotional truth is first, the factual truth wow. is secondary. Remember that, folks. Emotional Emotional truth first, factual truth secondary. What is it with leftists trying to make their own hoax crimes? It's like, everyone's racist to me, and if they're not, I'll just make it my emotional truth. This is a big problem. Move over, Jussie Smollett. We have a new king of race hoaxes. It's Muzzy Smollett. That's you, Hassan. We'll be back with a whole lot more of The Right Show right after this. Dr. Fauci is at it again. Now, this guy has revised his own history more than Apple does updates. He first said, you don't need a mask. I remember that because I was unemployed and watching the news going, as a comedian, I'm non-essential, so I better watch the exploits. The next thing he said was, I never said you don't need a mask. You do need a mask. And then after that, he said, you need two masks, which are better than one. At a certain point, I thought, is this guy sponsored by a mask company? And it caused a lot of problems because people didn't know. Some people saw one interview, didn't see the next. I mean, there were people out there who were mask debating. And we don't want to be doing that in public. Thank you. What we want to do is know the facts. And if you got them wrong, just come clean, Fauci. Watch the timeline go by in real time. First of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. And the record will show Neil, that we didn't recommend shutting everything down. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Oh, that's how that goes, Dr. Fraudchi. And our next story comes to us from Justin Dildo. That's the French pronunciation. The Prime Minister of Canada. You know, this guy is trying to warn people of invisible fears, kind of like Hassan Minhaj in a way. He's telling you that we have to be very careful in America. They're, they're racist and sexist, and they're against the alphabet mafia. Now, the alphabet mob's letters keep getting longer and longer. Take a look at this. It's scary to see what's happening in the United States, whether it's two SLGBTQI plus rights that are constantly being attacked. My government will never let it happen. My government will always stand up unequivocally for women's rights, for 2SLGBTQI plus rights. 2SLGBTQI plus rights. 2SLGBTQI plus rights. That is a long, long website. 2LGBTQ. That sounds like a web password. And what's with that Batman voice he's using? He's never talked like that. My government will never. My government will not. 
It was fantastic to see that. But I am just impressed with how the left can make up a whole new bunch of letters and they just roll right off of Justin's tongue. Two LGBTQSI rights. Now, we started with three letters. It used to be G-A-Y. Then they added LGBTQ, four letters, I'm okay with that. But now it's two LGBTQSI rights. And I heard that a girl recently, she told me I'm pansexual. I said, I like deep dish, but we can meet in the middle. Let's get a thin crust, baby. I like that. The point is, we have to understand that if they're going to keep adding letters and we all have to learn them, that pretty soon, the next generation, we're going to have to learn the gay BCs. 2LGBTQSN. Good luck with that. We're going to have a lot more for you from The Right Show right after this. Here at The Right Show, we like to do a little segment, what we call America Going Soft and America Going Hard. Now, do you remember what happened when a few thousand people walked in and out of the Capitol building unarmed, made a bunch of noise, and left? I think it was about a two to three hour disruption, and that was called the most significant and violent insurrection of our day, comparable to 9-11. Well, we had students in North Carolina who did exactly that. They went into the Capitol building and disrupted a hearing, and this is what it looked like. Violent insurrection? You be the judge. So you have to ask yourself the question, will any of those students be spending 22 years in prison? It does check all the boxes. They didn't have permission to be doing that. The police had to get involved and get them out. They couldn't do the hearing, so they disrupted an actual hearing. And they were arguing against a law we have, which is the right to bear arms. It is indeed our second amendment. So I hope all of them end up in prison uh, the same way because we're all about equality here and I'm sure Joe Biden is looking to do that. Pretty sure that's right around the corner. Absolutely. Now, that's America going soft, but let's turn it up a little bit. Here is America going hard. An American jewel, Deion Sanders, a treasure to us all, went from uh, another school, HBCU, went to the big school. The, it was right there in Colorado, as a matter of fact, Boulder, and he has been turning heads and basically 
winning when no one thought he could. Three wins that he was already the underdog for. That means many more to come. Take a look at this story from Deion Sanders. Oh, yeah. Deion Sanders has made Colorado football the center of the sports universe. And otherwise failing team over there is now the biggest phenomenon and they're calling it a revolution. But here's what I wanted to show you. This is gonna be great on the screen. People are loving what Dion's actual bodyguards are wearing. They've got some shirts. If you look closely in the background, it says around and find out. But the reason this shirt is so funny is because there's a little guy just kinda, he's kinda just, he, let me show you what he's doing there. He's just kind of going like that right there on the shirt. And that is why you need to see the shirt in the full screen mode right here. It is the F around and find out shirt. And if you see the bodyguard, you do not want to F around and you do not want to find out. That guy, he's not playing at least 300 pounds of solid muscle. But congratulations, Deion Sanders, you are a true American treasure, turning that football team around and getting all the naysayers to become believers. All right, time to take a poll. I'm gonna talk to the men. Men, what are the top three things you are uncomfortable doing in front of other men? Put that in the comments because BuzzFeed did the poll as well and it was pretty funny, pretty interesting as a matter of fact. A poll asked men what uh, they are definitely not okay doing and here's what we got. Let's see if our commenter said the same thing. Being naked in a men's changing room. 49% of men said that is not okay. Now my question is, do the other 51% live in my neighborhood and go to my gym? Because at the LA Fitness, I cannot get any privacy. They're totally cool with that. All right, crying in front of male friends. 48% of men said that's a no can do. Saying I love you to a male relative. Man, not even a... Uh, not even a buddy, I love you, man. No, this is actually a cousin, an uncle, a, a brother. Okay, going to a gay bar makes 44% of straight men uncomfortable. All right, the other 56% are there tonight. Putting sunscreen on a male friend's back. Oh, I put that one, I don't know, Kelly, I put that one right around 99%. I, if Vinny O'Shaughnessy said, hey, can you do my back? I'm like, come on, bro. You got enough hair on that. You're not going to get a burn. All right, sharing a bed with a male friend. Only 42%. What is going on? I don't think so, folks. Uh, that would put me at 99%. I'm not sharing a bed with a male friend unless we put those decorative pillows in a nice little fortress. Just like Donald Trump says, we have to build the wall, folks. You got to build it nice and high. And then wearing pink. Oh, come on. I've done that before. 31% of men say that's not okay. Well, I am so glad we covered these important topics today. We just got through most of the right show. And as you can see, we don't really like the news, neither do you, but we try to make it a little more palatable, a little easier to get through. We are not just a news program. We're not just a comedy program. This is a support group for normal people. And I wanna show you that here at Valuetainment, we are working so hard for you that things that would make men uncomfortable, they don't make us uncomfortable at all. Vinny and I were always coming up with sketch ideas, how to improve the podcast, make the show better. You're gonna see it get better and better from here. But we are not really bothered by little things like using the restroom if we have to, and that's what I call going green. Listen, I remember I told you, you did your research, you did everything you were supposed to do, you nailed it, Pat liked you, 
It was sick, bro. No, I think, uh, I don't get clips of this, because I want to show my friends. I think Diane and all that have to do it. You know I mean? You ask Kelly, they'll do the timeline for it. I think you should be good. But overall, dude, you should be, you should be proud. You should be proud. You should be proud. You should be Pat was happy. I'm happy. What can I say, guys? I am a little embarrassed. Our P-tape just got leaked, and I'm the one that leaked it. Folks, I hope you enjoyed The Right Show, brought to you by Valuetainment. We'll be back next week with a whole lot more. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next week.